0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group.
1: All right, welcome back to Road to Retirement. My name is Chris Anselmo with Brookside Tax and Financial Group. And uh, Tony, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. I've had a, actually, I've had a good week. You know, it's, not quite prepared for the change of seasons yet, but uh, you know I love fall. But uh, winter's already hit up in Minnesota, and so that scares me a little bit.
1: Yeah. So for our listeners, you know I'm here in Ohio, and Tony's in a, in what He called it Minnesota. How, how many inches? Of, so this is actually today's my birthday. So for the people out there, it's October 22nd. Uh, yeah. How many inches of snow did you guys get the other day?
0: Uh, two days ago, we got 7.9 inches. That's how much was measured at the airport. Broke all sorts of records. I mean, not, never this early in the season have we gotten that kind of snow. So
1: I don't want to rub it in. I'm going golfing
0: today, Tony. But, oh. uh... Yeah, it's yeah. thirty degrees here. It's, <laughs> yeah, with it's, snow in the ground, you, you're here, not golfing here.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, today's supposed to be like one warm day of the week. So, yeah,
0: yeah if you went bad, golfing but... here, you'd have to use one of those neon,
1: yeah, those neon orange, orange balls, yeah,
0: orange balls because of the snow. You'd never find a white golf ball in the snow. So, uh, but happy birthday, Chris! I hope you. you have a great day. I hope you have play the best game of your life, or at least have fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best game would be pretty good but
0: uh, so do you feel any older i mean i know I, you've got to be what, what are you 40 45 yeah,
1: no i am uh, am i'm pushing 60 <laughs> so i'm 58 so um but you don't look a day over yeah.
0: 49
1: so yeah, i'll tell I, our listeners that seriously that.
0: seriously so
1: okay well that's that easy living you know the wife and the kids so
0: clean living yeah that's good what wife, does it kids
1: yep so um speaking of age so i thought today we talk about age based investing because sometimes I get questions even from wow. the, you know, the other generation, even the millennials is like, where, you know, where would I start? And then as clients get older, it's like, you know, they don't want to be as aggressive as I used to be. Well, you know, what, what should we do? You know, that type of stuff. So, so you got some young ones, Perfect. right?
0: Yeah, I do. Well, my youngest is 15 now. I have 15, so, 17 and um, 21. So,
1: so so a little disclaimer. We're not giving you financial advice over the radio. These are just suggestions. So you need to come in and and actually oh do for a point, sure. Right? Everybody's
0: so. situation is different, regardless of their age. But age does make a difference. Yeah. And I'm glad we're talking about this because obviously, my 21 year old, he wants to. See, he's he's serious about. I've told him how important it is to start young. So he's serious about investing. But you know, I'm in my mid 50s, and I my, it's going to be different. Your sure, your advice sure. for him is probably going to be a lot different than it would be for me. I would hope, right? Or sure,
1: think. and it, it also depends how much money you have, right? I mean, when you're just oh, that's or, true. When, when yeah. you're just starting out, you can't. You know, the easiest way to kind of build a portfolio is to is to go grab a you know, a, you know, an ETF or a mutual fund, a broad base like an S and P five hundred fund or an S and P one hundred fund if you want to be a little more aggressive. So you know for the listeners and some people might not even know what a mutual fund is so the idea of the mutual fund is like if you only have a couple thousand bucks to invest right you you don't have a lot of op- you can't really build a diversified portfolio on your own right you can't go out and buy a 100 different stocks cuz you'll get one of each right so so the the theory of the mutual fund is well we can the mutual fund companies can create a fund that has several hundred stocks in it. So the idea is you're gonna get diversification across not only um, industries, but uh, size of companies. Some are, you know, and then some are in different sectors too, right? So you can have a great diversification. And the other thought is, you know, if if one of them or two of them has a bad, or a sector has a bad day, the other sectors, you know, will will support it, right? It's It's not gonna crush the fund. So um, you know most of the main um, insurance—I want oh, no, sorry—not insurance, but brokerage companies. You know the Fidelity's of the world, Vanguard's, Schwab—they they all have these type of funds. So you want to get some really some decent core fund as your base, and then you know uh, as you're younger, if you want to start dabbling a little bit, you know do your research. You know because <laughs> it's funny my my. God lover my daughter the other day asked Ed, I like I got a couple thousand bucks I want to invest in a stock that's going to go up exponentially but but safe I'm like boy you sound like every other client now just kidding so, <laughs> yeah um so you know you might want to especially as you're younger cuz you got time on your side you know try and pick a few stocks that you will follow you know maybe it's your Google what's the next you know maybe it's Apple you know one of those that you think is really going to um be a trendsetter in the future. Now, you don't put all your money in it. You know, you maybe you put, you know, 5% of your money in it or so like that. So, you you know, you want it to be in there. But the also thing for the young investors to do it systematically. So if you can, if you can figure, you get your paycheck in, let's say, let's make it easy round numbers. Let's say you get a thousand bucks a week. And, um, you know, if you could take, I don't know, Two hundred of that out every week, sure. and just yep. automatically put it into the investment account. We call that something called dollar cost averaging. And how you would actually do that was you would set up your your account at let's say you just set it up at Charles Schwab, and then you have them direct debit your um, your checking account every month for two hundred dollars, whatever whatever you decide, and then automatically invest, let's say, in the S P five hundred fund. So once it's on autopilot and you don't think about it, um, and once the $200 isn't in your checking account, you're not going to spend it, right? So so that's, you know, systematically is the way to invest, especially when you're younger. So the S&P, you know, the S&P 500 is kind of odd. So the S&P 500 over the last 30 years has averaged about 10%. Yep. but over the last 20 years, it's only averaged about 6% you know, so there, there's been some, some years in there we've had, you know, that's 20 years yet, but we had not, 2008. We had not, yeah. And we had 2008 and we had nine 11. So there, you know, there, yeah. there are some years, but don't let that discourage you. And 2020,
0: but you have, let's not forget yeah, about the beautiful, right. the beautiful, great, wonderful year we have yeah. of 2020.
1: Yeah. That, so that was pretty strange. And I think it's coming back, you know, the stock markets rebounded, but but the the lesson there is you have to stay invested because let's say you got out during March or whatever when it was when it was tanking, um, you don't you didn't get any of the recovery right you didn't you weren't in the market to see the market recover and I think we talked about this in other shows. Um, Fidelity did a study that looked at the S and P five hundred I th- think over a twenty or thirty year period and if you miss the five best days in the market you're so that means timing right so you you jumped in one day and you jumped out another day and you missed one of the five best days of the market your return is only about it's down like a third of what it could have been just missing five days wow out of of 10,000 market days
0: So the people that panic or emotionally invest, uh, they end up, you know, they end up uh, selling low and buying high, or they end up being out of the market when, uh, and missing some of the upswing. And that upswing, you've got to be in when that happens. So don't pull your money out when the market
1: goes down, because
0: we we know it'll go back up.
1: I mean, you know, just pure economics, look, you want to buy low and sell high, right? So you don't want to buy when the market, I mean, you don't want to sell when the market's going down. And the other thing, they said, if you miss the 10, just 10 days out of 10,000 days, your return would only be half what it could have been. So it's almost like it's impossible to, to time the market. I mean, you don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, right? So, you know, everyone says, oh, I should have stayed in, should have won. It's it's easy Monday morning quarterbacking it to see what you should have bought yesterday, but you just <laughs> yeah. you just got to be, stay in. And the the way to stay in is systematic investing. So some months you're going to buy it when the market's a little bit higher, right? So and there are going to be months you're going to buy when the market's a little bit lower. So overall it's going to average out. So, so, you know, pick a a decent um, broad-based fund, you know, one that's paying good dividends. That'd be probably for the younger, the crowd to do that. Um, As we get older, as people getting closer to retirement, things change. Biggest thing is you don't have time. As you did, as if you're 20. So, time is like if the market crashes and goes down 30, 40 percent. It might take two, three, four years to recover. Well, if you know, as you get older, you you can't afford not to be in because. It, because you, you don't have the time to wait for the recovery. So you need to be in and you need to, at least part of your money needs to be in, right? As we get older, some of our clients don't want to take that risk of the market. And if you've acquired a, a nice nest egg by then, we look at safer alternatives. Look at things like maybe, and you know, a lot of clients use CDs, but CDs are really aren't paying much now. So we'll look at maybe indexed annuities. We might look at some buffered uh, products now. I don't know, if, did we talk about buffered products at all yet, Tony? I'm not sure if um, we have. I don't know if we
0: have actually, so but these there are. are yeah, that's so, great. Let's talk yeah, about so,
1: that. So these are kind of newer to the market. So the typical, let's say like a CD, right? A CD conceptually has 100% buffer, right? You can't lose money because you're not in the market. So the buffer is, is your protection. Um where, uh, an index annuity is similar. You have a hundred percent downside buffer. So the alternative is that, you know, if the bank or the insurance company is going to take all the risk on the way down, they can't give you the total upside, right? That's crazy, right? No, Nobody could take all the risk and, and give the client all the upside. So, and those type of products like a CD, it might be paying 2%, right? So, they take the money, they invest it however they buy banks, they pay employees, they put some in the market, they do whatever they want to do, and they're hoping that they're going to you know, make more than the 2% they're going to give you. And same thing with the insurance companies, with the index annuities, they're going to invest in how they need to invest it, pay pay for employees, buy buildings, all that kind of stuff, and they're hoping again that they're going to um, make more than they're paying you. So they're taking the risk on the downside, so they're not going to give you 100% of the upside. So the buffered annuities are a little bit different, or buffered notes or buffered accounts. Let's say they give you a a 10% buffer. So that would mean, let's use the S&P 500 as an example. So they say, look, if the S&P 500 goes down 10% or less, you don't lose anything. If it goes down more, let's say it goes down 12, you're out 2%. So they they give you some buffer on the downside. So if you're willing to take some of the risk, so you're willing to take the risk after ten percent down, then they could give you a higher rate of return on on, on the other side. So uh, ones we've been seeing lately were, if you have a ten percent down, you might have a ten percent buffer. You might have a fifteen or twenty percent upside, versus you know two three four five in an index annuity. So. There are things out there that that are trying to be safer alternatives, especially for retirees um, because we don't have time on our side to, you know, take 10 more years for the market to recover. Um, Other things clients do as they they get closer to retirement is to look, you know, if you have significant wealth, you have several million dollars, there's two sides of the brain. The one side of the brain says, Hey, you know, we got five million dollars. We, we can afford to take the risk. The other side of the brain, usually the wife, says, "We have five million dollars. We don't need to take the risk, right?" So, so somewhere between those two halves of the brains is where you you have to settle. Um, so that you've probably heard this from other guys that you do radio shows with Tony, similar um similar type of a uh, investment philosophies. So, yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's, it's similar. I mean, obviously, uh, there are a lot of great tools like that out there. And like you said earlier, though, Chris, it depends on where a person's at and their age. And that's what, that's, what's interesting. And so, uh, you have to, that's why you have to constantly reevaluate where you're at as
1: well. Right. And and look, you need to use it Use a professional. If it's if it hopefully it's us. If it's not us, use somebody. You know, do right. your homework. Make sure they're they're well like, educated. They're experienced. They're not just you know uh, peddling one product. Uh, we have a lot of those people out locally that you know. I always give you know if you just go to someone who just sells insurance. Right. What, do you, what do you think you're going to buy? So, or someone who's just selling stocks and mutual funds. So I always equate it to Tony, you know, your your job is to bring the fruit salad to the party tonight and you, <laughs> and you drive up to an apple orchard. So well, I need some strawberries. We got red, green, or yellow. I, well, I need a pineapple. We have red, green, or yellow. I need a watermelon. We have red, green, or yellow apples. Which apples do you want? So if you're only <laughs> going to a place that has apples you're not going to get a very diversified portfolio. And the flip side if you're, you know, so you have to be careful where you go. And you know, there's a lot of information on the internet. It's there's just so much that could get confusing cuz one says, you know, do A B and C and one says do X Y and Z. So I think you really need to sit down and just, you know, get comfortable with the advisor, do your do your homework, do your research, check their check their record. You know, there is that broker check, um, the FINRA broker check. So you could check if someone's had issues in the past. Um, but you, you should get a good gut feeling when you, you know, basically you, you want to interview these people, you know, they're that first meeting you're interviewing them. And to be honest with you, um, our first meeting, sometimes we're interviewing you, right? Because if you're the type of client that's not going to you know, not going to take our advice and do things contrary to what we say, um, we probably won't be a good fit. So, you know, you, you'll know after the first meeting, if you think you're going to be a good fit there, there have been clients we've turned away, especially ones that are rude to my staff. So, um, don't need that. Don't need the headache. So, no. um, you know, so do your homework, but you know, get a good base, and then as you get as you get older, you're probably going to look for more uh, for safer type of investments that are just somewhat paying interest, trying to keep pace. Because if the S and P five hundred only averaged about six percent over the last twenty years, and you could buy a product that's going to give you a hundred percent downside protection and maybe an upside of three, four, five percent, that's not so bad, right? So, I mean, if you're getting eighty percent of what the market's been doing and taking no risk, I'm not that's not a bad alternative. Now, there's going to be years where you get a zero, the market goes down. But if the market goes down 20% and you get a zero, that's not a bad year either.
0: Yeah, that's true. So obviously, uh, you want to be able to, I love the fact that with like buffered index funds, you can minimize the downside, uh, but participate in the upside. That's awesome.
1: So you can, you know, call us if you want to talk about that, uh, two, one, uh, I'm sorry, four, four, zero, eight, eight, six, three, five, five, zero, or check out our website at brooksidetax.com. Come in for a strategy session. Uh, you know, you really got to find, we well, you know, everyone's different. So what you want isn't the same, what the guy who just left wanted. So we want to make sure what's important to you, uh, gets accomplished. And we, we even say that in our uh, estate planning, when we do our estate planning, the most important part of the estate planning process, Tony is what? You should, you're supposed to say the attorney, but, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, I'm no, like, what they, does he I want mean, me to the, say? Uh, the, 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 the most will, important the part of, so the we attorney. when we do estate planning, it's like, what's the most important part? The really the most important part is to make sure what's most important to you gets done, right? Yeah. There you so go. and you're not just going to get a cookie cutter document where they fill in your name where all the blank lines are, right? So yeah. Same thing with investing. You, you know, each one's going to be different. Some people might want to create a legacy. And so we might look towards legacy. You know, if they, they have enough money coming in, they have a good pension, retirement, they don't really need their in, their investments to drive income. And they really would like to leverage that and, and maybe create more wealth for the for the next generation. You know, life insurance yeah. is a good alternative. So there's all things. I mean, there's an so many- age
0: And age affects that as well. So you need to revisit oh, yeah. it. You need yeah. to revisit it. Everyone should have a will no matter their age. Uh, because, especially if they have any type of assets, I mean, right. look at, look at Prince and, uh, oh, yeah, you know, the, oh, yeah other, there's a lot of them. Yeah. The, that,
1: the other thing that, uh, is, as you get older, the big issue is nursing homes.
0: Oh, long-term care. Yeah. yeah.
1: So long-term care right now, at least in our area is averaging close to $10,000 a month. Yep. Same here. So the average stay is generally about three years and and that's average. There's some people, you know, some people die in one two months, right? So there's some people in there that are 10 years, right? So there's, the average stay is about, th- so you figure three to four, anywhere from two two 200000 to $400,000 you're going to spend in long-term care. So if you don't plan for that, and there's ways, you know, we do Medicaid protection trusts and all that. Look, there may be no investments to hand down to the next generation if you spend it all in a nursing home. So all that comes into play when you're talking about investing protecting assets um, and it it's it's just a huge number and, and you won't believe the stat Tony but two out of three people over the age of 70 will spend some time in a nursing home
0: yeah yeah I, I've even heard three. if you're yeah if you're over the age of 65 odds yeah. are you or your spouse will probably need long-term care so if for not all, both
1: so for all the women listening, I believe your odds are even worse, because if because to, you live you, longer, yeah. Have you been to a nursing home? It's nine women to one guy. Yeah, it is. And too too better not thirty when you get there, but you know, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, those are yeah, good odds. But nine year olds but for the uh, guys, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's
0: uh, and generally that's it's because sad. you know
1: the the wife generally took care of the husband. You know, the husbands usually die first. Yep. So they took care of the husband as long as they could at home dies and then they don't have anyone to take care of them. So they end up in a nursing home. Um, So it's, it's such a huge number. So we actually, uh, I think the last few programs we, we had Matt on, on the line here with us, Uh, he's a attorney we hired to do elder law care planning. So all the nursing home planning, the Medicaid plan, I mean, it's all that kind of stuff is so important. So, so once we get to the point where we got through your investments, you know, we have to plan how you're going to save these investments. Uh, you didn't work all your life to give all of the money to nursing home, right? So so that's a big issue for a lot of our clients. So uh, for the youngsters out there, um, systematic investing, pick a good diversified fund, uh, maybe pick a few favorites and, and uh, you know, put 5% or 10% of your money in, but, you know, wouldn't put all of your money in there. And then as you get older, you just, you want to you know, tone it down, uh, probably look a little safer and alternatives, but if you're going to be in the market, you need to stay in or at least with part of your money, so that you're going to get all those days, that, those good days that uh, you'd miss by trying to time the market. So, so that's about it, Tony. Uh, any other uh, questions for me today? Uh, no, that's really
0: good. I think that it is important to understand that you need to reevaluate your plans and where you're at, especially if you don't have a plan. Work with a trusted financial professional. I think that's a big takeaway sure. because you need to reevaluate where you're at. I mean, if you're 21... It's a lot different than if you're 65 or 55, even. So uh, make sure you're changing. You know, if you oh, I set these plans in place when I was 50. Well, now you're 65. A lot has probably changed. So I, I think it's important to look at the age and what difference that makes. And you talked about a lot of great tools. So I think that's really good. But tell our listeners, Chris, one more time how they can get a hold of you and set up that complimentary consultation.
1: So you can go to um, our website BrooksideTax.com. We also have a, a Calendly link where you can make an appointment. I don't know how you do all that stuff, but it's on <laughs> it's on the website. Or you can call our office at four four zero eight eight six three five five zero. Yeah, the technology is getting crazy. People could just jump on your calendar now and just make an appointment, which is kind of kind of nice. But uh huh, that's cool but not today because i'm going handy. golfing today
0: yeah today's your birthday well happy birthday chris thank you and i think it was a great show and i hope you have a wonderful birthday uh, a lot of great information today listeners uh, that does it for today's episode
1: <clears throat> sorry hey, by the way tony did i tell you one last thing did i tell you that i was born on the day of the cuban missile crisis you were yeah it's 1962 oh. So oh. the, the funny part for your listeners is my mother said, you know, World War III almost started the day where you were born, Chris. And I turned around and said, no, mom, I prevented World War III. <laughs> so, you know, Chris is, in, Chris is in the room now. So uh, send yeah. those nukes back to uh, Russia. So Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. So we'll end the show with that. The Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, thanks, Chris. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with our host, Chris Anselmo.